Hello and welcome to Thriving on the Spectrum, the podcast dedicated to empowering and supporting young adults with autism on their journey towards a fulfilling life. I'm your host, Arpita Mohan, and together we'll explore invaluable insights, expert advice, and personal stories that shed light on the unique opportunities and challenges young adults with autism encounter. So if you're a parent, caregiver, friend, or ally, join us as we explore possibilities to help young adults with autism thrive. Today, as part of our series of episodes on meaningful engagement, we are joined by Rudy David. Rudy is a musician and sound designer discovering the healing power of music through interaction with individuals on the spectrum and early learners. His purpose-designed humdrum and rudiments of music program based on learnings from these interactions uses music as a gateway to neurological development. Hi, Rudy. It's a pleasure to have you on our episode today. Hi, Arpita. Pleasure to be here. Now, we're really excited and really to get us started. Uh, you've been working with persons with autism for a few years now. Could you tell us a little bit about what you've observed with respect to music among autistic individuals? Yes. So this has been a journey of discovery for me as a musician. I've been a full-time musician uh, for the last 30 odd years. But the, over the last 15 years, when I got introduced to autism through a personal connect, one of the kids I know who's grown up since and uh, actually introduced me to um, the whole uh, situation um, that he um, manifested himself into and us along with it and music was the connection with him um, and when you say working uh, over the last seven eight years it's been actually um, a concentrated effort to uh, connect with more kids because of the learning I had with Sid who was at that time uh, four or five years old and it was not um, continuous interaction but it was whenever I got a chance and there were these magical moments that I felt I connected with. But I also knew that the parents were not able to connect with that. Mainly because they were not musical in the sense of... the. I think the essence of a musician is to be able to keep a rhythm and continue that. And uh, be able to just jam at the same time. To be able to be spontaneous and keep the rhythm going. Most people, uh, unless you're trained to do it, don't seem to be able to do that. That's the distinguishing factor for me between a musician and a non-musician. And I found uh, uh, the kids that I've played with uh, rather than worked with all have this ability to repeat. And that's one of the, the hallmarks of how you identify um, uh, stimming and stuff like that. You know, And that uh, stimming itself is a hand action that is rhythmic. And for me, that was rhythm. I could connect with that as a musician. And um, that's what brought me into this and I've found that engaging uh, through drumming especially uh, drumming being the first language itself uh, as we know it as human beings our primal language if you look at tribal societies both in the past and even today they all based they all start with uh, rhythmic exchanges and uh, rituals that's uh, in rhythm and drumming itself so it's very powerful and it's also at the back of it healing because if you look at, at our traditions of Indian music if you go back to the time of Tyagaraja and all these great composers they did not compose music for entertainment they composed music for, for healing and that's what I've discovered as a real power not just for the kids 
for me as a musician because just these engagements itself were very empowering for me. So yeah, that, that's that's my observation at least, and it continues to be so. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, and you know, listening to you speak, there's this. There's a constant mention of the word rhythm here. And, you know, you've evolved a unique program to engage with rhythm, which has a lovely name as well, uh, the Humdrum Program. So could you tell us a bit more about this program and how you approach working with autistic individuals? So Humdrum itself came from the meaning of the word. What does it mean? It means repetitive. It means boring, actually. That's the Humdrum existence that we live. But that's rhythm and um, hum and drum are the two elements that come together. So it was the most natural thing that um, actually jamming with the kids and being around Mala, who's been my mentor through this whole thing, um, came together just like that. And she designed a very simple logo that worked um, nicely uh, to capture it. And she was the one who uh, started me through the centers that her daughter went through, Megu was the other kid, the second kid that I got to interact with, but not enough. But in every interaction, there was something that I could connect with. And I think, um, and now that I've been um, playing with kids and interacting with parents and teachers, I'm not a trained therapist or, or even a teacher, but I found that this way of um, uh, joining and um, interacting with the kids from their perspective is what has been teaching me um, more than I've learned in the last 30 years, in the last three years, especially since it went online. And this uh, thing of just starting with drum circles and uh, using rhythm as a language, because that's how it worked. You have a call and response. And if you can uh, continue that in, and keep give that a, a rhythmic perspective, we understand time. So the essence of the book is uh, what is time and how do we punctuate time with sound to make sense of it. The words I'm speaking is all the same thing. It's just different pitches, but you've learned the code. And uh, here we don't have a code. Many of the uh, kids have lost, have not yet found that connection, I wouldn't say lost, between time and sound. And how to, that's how memory is constructed. And that's what I've discovered. Um, how do you make a sound? How do you learn something as abstract as A, B, C, D, E, F, G? and then uh, use even a word to describe another alphabet like W. That's a word and a sound. How do you teach somebody a language like that? We learned it because of a song. And a simple song. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. There's rhythm in that and there's punctuation in that. There's just sounds that at three years old you don't know what those things mean or why do you need to learn it even. Because there are a ton of other songs, the original one of course being Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, How I Wonder What You Are. Slightly different rhythm, but the same notes. And whose song is that? Everyone have learned. We've learned Ba Ba Black Sheep, Have You In World. So the chords are there. And it doesn't mean anything to us as a three-year-old. I've discovered that to be the lowest common factor at the starting point of um, developing um, this understanding of time. Sounds in time that make sense and you can use them to communicate. So at, at a level with Sidhu, it was just uh, playing on a drum that he liked and waiting, waiting for a response. Simple chords of Morse code, just 
long and short and then textures that he liked i mean these were the things that he engaged me with and we could talk but i realized he could not talk that language with his parents so the whole design of the book and everything came together to give the community around the the kid a chance to also engage with music and understand it because it's not that hard it is but you do need an introduction which most of us kind of skip in in school because it's pretty simple but it's just as the one and zero how do you play zero and how do you punctuate time and how do you keep time so if that's one and this is zero as an action not playing it being able to not play it. one two three four so you start getting a sense of time by counting because one two three four is as much as we need to count it's just one two to start with and that one two is the beginning of numbers and the zero the zero is where everything is held so how do you express that without words so that's what the book is about how do you use your hands we start with just tapping on a table uh, left right or using the stimming action if it's fast to slow it down and make it into understand time so we use things like metronomes which they can see and play with make them go fast slow um understand that okay this time can go around in a shape like if i say 1 2 3 4 i can actually see visualize a shape around a square or a 1 2 3 1 2 3 um so you see a shape of a triangle and you put things in place and so you start getting a sense of okay time is something you can actually hold on to but you can also let go of provided you know where it sits um so this whole interaction brought it into some order and uh, i think kk knows about and some of the parents and uh, the centers that different centers that i went to there are about 20 odd centers between chennai bangalore and kochi that uh, actually i went in and spent time there trained parents had workshops with them so they understood this i was handing out sheets of paper until mala was able to uh find her intern who is on the spectrum as well um a boy by the name of druva at that time uh put it all together in the form of a book and so that became a curriculum as such 21 days of little things to do with your hands and time so metronome based thing we also developed into a little app so it's it's little exercises that you can do in time and understand so it started working because parents uh, some of our kids like to speak super fast they can speak but they'll say everything like you know like that and you mostly won't understand it um so the idea of keeping time and understanding time can be at 60 beats time can be at 80 beats using the metronome to give them a count so what i'm doing in effect now is the carnatic system of what we call aditala and i'm counting 8 on my hands and i'm talking to you but i'm keeping this really steady and i'm still counting 8 on my hands so i'm doing two things at the same time and that's what you should be able to do as a musician okay keep time and then add pitch to it so that's what the essence of the book is really how to keep time and how to join and it's not really a thing about how to learn music it's how to make music a habit just by playing and the parents are instructed not to try to teach the kid but try to play themselves 
try to keep a groove, try to make a groove. And the book is all of little examples of different types of rhythm that are very simple. Just by clapping or by tapping on the table, if you have a drum, great. But we don't need a drum even. It's just, we can make rhythm on anything. And it's just about punctuating sound in time. And that's what it is. So I think that was quite a long answer for the second question you asked. But uh, no. it had to go. I mean, that's how I react. Uh, I mean, with my kids too, it's, it's in the moment that what happens there. No, that was absolutely beautiful. And I really love the way you put it just about like sound and time and kind of talking through this and very like different instruments with respect to like your whole rhymes. Like I have a niece and like I'm listening to all of these rhymes again. And, you know, like it's just exactly the same tune, the same timing. But once you like hear those lyrics, you're associated with that specific sound. So now I really love how you put that. I think you couldn't have said it any better. Just coming to your point about like music making in the moment, it just sounds exactly like that that the approach is largely on this. So it's a really fully immersive experience. How do you go about with facilitating it? Um, the way it started was I had some experience with drum circles. I have a few friends who run the traditional drum circles. The thing about it is also it can be very loud. And so especially uh, for us on the spectrum, and I include myself there, because I think one of the uh, uh, signs is that you get along well with others on the spectrum so I've not been diagnosed but I'm very sure I'm somewhere on that I, I remember as a child myself having attention difficulties not doing well in school but music took me through um, I started playing drums at a very early age um, I had music my dad um, played guitar and uh, would sing uh, play jazz and all that kind of music and I was born in a temple town which um, which is Triponitra um, in interior Kochi and lots of percussion and drums and elephants and all kinds of temple music as well. Um, so the Carnatic tradition was there for me plus I was brought up in the church thing so you had to sing and the group of the church is always very powerful like that. The group of the temple is very powerful like that because you're drawn into it. You may not know what it means but the rhythm is an absorbsive uh, thing. It, uh, when you go to a concert you feel it. You're absorbed into a mass thing. That's the community of music. That's what drum circle can do. And it's the same at a concert. It's just different array, but you're being pumped with, uh, with sound. And uh, sound that's designed to make you move, sound that's designed to heal or maybe feel angst or whatever. And in the temple and in the church music, it's meant to let you heal. That's, that was the whole purpose of it. There's so, so many different uh, levels that I've connected with uh, music in the last three years and that was because of the lockdown so we started like I said with drum circles and just interacting you would see um, and I have some video um, footage of it but I was more in involved in what we were doing you could see kids who uh, would not speak who would sit at the back of the room by the end of a drum circle they would be leading the drum circle and that would be something that uh, even parents uh, who was uh, who were present would be very surprised because that's an empowering thing. You see, it's it doesn't um, force you to play, but the rhythm and the absorptive power of of a circle will bring you in. And even if it's just tapping once in a while and not really playing, it gives you that confidence to take a step that where you don't have to make a mistake. Nobody's going to like correct you, and you can just play. And suddenly you find yourself being the leader. And that's the circle. It, take, it gives everyone the chance to, to be a leader. 
and a leader is a simple rhythm that you can keep everybody will join so that's the facilitator part what i do in the circle and what a facilitator does is actually uh, focus on unique things focus on new things focus on the weak ones that are just maybe just making a hissing noise on the drum just rubbing it like that or getting a feel of it the whole circle will begin to do that and that's very magical and that's the power of the circle that um brings things together like that and that's uh, by imitation we learn so everyone is imitating and that's the first lesson of of communication itself we learn by imitation we just sing a b c d by rote or we do the multiplication tables by repeat because the whole group at least that used to be the way it was done um, and we learned that way just by repetition um and that's how we learn language we imitate and uh, in a circle and conversation like this we start imitating and we get the power to imitate we get the sense of time as well because the circle will not stop until i as a facilitator can i don't have to start it we just need to keep the drums we don't have to tell a child how to hit the drum how to make the sound i've learned i think 15 new ways of how to play the drum just by watching and um, then of course because the tone of your regular djembes and those kind of drums uh, even two of them are too loud in a room so we had to evolve and understand what would work so that's why the frame drums are good um, but again of a certain material and design um, that because of my sound engineering and acoustics background i could put together and it it worked over the 3 or 4 years and now it's it's a system that actually i can build cuz i build the drums myself and all my students get them or anyone who i interact with gets the drums and the book so it goes as a pair and it it's a pair of drums um, that sit one inside the other and it's meant as a communication device so a parent and a child or a sibling um so i've got uh, like that way um siblings and parents and grandmothers and all of them who were uh, at the time of the lockdown locked in and they had no choice because the music one thing about music is you can close your eyes but you can't close your ears and music is is the one that will reach you in the next room even so we try to get them um, as a community at home uh, neighbors whoever is available and uh, play and just play for that half an hour time and try to make that a, a a regular thing in your life not just the once a week for one hour because that healing of playing every day and even if it's just jamming um on some songs or uh, rhymes or whatever and uh, a lot of our kids like to make their own music and that's what i've discovered because i've discovered so much of new music that never existed before i met megu for instance because she went through the whole drum program she learned the tha thaka thakita the carnatic system using the hands getting the fingers we got her a xylophone which she started using and then we managed to get her a, a keyboard and once she got the keyboard she could play the sa ni ga ma pa da ni sa and carnatic uh, exercises which she could recognize but she i realized um, has no sense of pitch so even a, a song like twinkle twinkle or jingle bells or happy birthday she would not recognize if i played it for her if i gave her the words she would attempt to sing it along but she would not keep time and she would not get pitch but over the last 3 years she's begun to sing in pitch 
and she's discovered that she can do something with C D E F G or Sa Ri Ga Ma Pa and Sa Ri Ga Ma Pa two hands and she will lock them into place and she will play a rhythm like this. So she's got a sense of time which will go on and then she'll add variations. And these are like 12-15 minute compositions. And it'll go on like that. And we take turns and I join her and I start adding. So I might even suggest songs to her. hear songs in between but it's the same thing and it'll go on and then she'll she'll stop and she'll look at the tongue and then she'll tell me okay it's 9.42 so we play for 12 minutes and then say we'll play for another 5 minutes and then she'll start again and exactly 5 minutes she'll stop and she'll look and she'll say it's 9.49 so that she's understood time in a different way. And sometimes uh, we do, I play the drum and um, and I, I might do something like that. I'll keep a beat. So the hands can do different things as well. And, and uh, she tries it, she taps on, on the thing and she wouldn't move. So the challenge is now, to, can we move out of these fingers? So she'll try it sometimes, but she's, she prefers this and she comes back to this. Sometimes I say, let's try the black keys. So she won't touch the black keys in front here. She'll touch and she'll make some patterns like that. And she'll come down and then come back to this. So she likes, she's in that nice loop, but when we play together, it's, it's uh, something else. And it's only the two of us that are doing this. Uh, we've been doing it for it's evolved over the last three years, but thrice a week we meet for half an hour online and she's very prompt about it. She never misses a session. And uh, I think in one conversation when her parents sat her down a few years back, this was before the pandemic and asked her what she wanted to be, she said she wanted to be a pianist. <laughs> so that's the journey with one of them and she's been my inspiration for a long time. Because what I learned from her, I apply to all the other kids. She's my Monday morning first session. And through the week, what I, what I figure out with her, I apply to the other kids. And it works. That's absolutely beautiful. And thank you for sharing that specific example as well. I mean, it spoke a lot about the things that you've been saying. I mean, the importance of time, just working through observation and like understanding what they want and like tweaking how you behave as well. And just the fact that there's you learn through like repetition and you could see that that's what came out and how she was as well. Um, one of the other points that you made actually was with respect to it being like a regular activity, right? Not something you just like pick up one hour randomly in like a week. So I guess my question to you here is, do you think music could be a form of meaningful engagement for young adults? Something that they actually engage with for longer periods of time? And if so, how do you create that environment for it. I mean, we saw it in the example of Megu and how she's like really interested in it, but curious to know from a general perspective as well. 
So yeah, I think it's working, and uh, but in this form of even online because the kids seem to like and thrive in the isolation of an, a Zoom meeting. They can focus. They don't have to travel anywhere. There's no discomfort as long as they can hear everything. It's fine. So that's one way that it can work. But it's a one-on-one -on -one thing, and I'm limited by the number of time I have in a day. Um, so I can do these 21 kits that I that has started with me like three years back and are still continuing and evolving. But I think there is a bigger um, reach that can happen even in person. So we're trying uh, to set up uh, mostly at different centers that parents run itself. Engagement centers, places where we can Im be immersive. Invite musicians to experience it as well because for me that uh, it was a it was a lucky accident that I, I that I could uh, that changed my life itself. So meeting Sid and Sid's purpose has been me doing what I do. So that's a big change for me from being a professional performing musician playing in bars and pubs and all that to uh, mostly drunk people to actually playing with kids and seeing that reaction because when they light up it's an energy and you can't get that high playing with a band uh, like that. And there are instances, I mean I played um, around the world with various musicians, it's been a good experience but this has been special and I, I need more musicians to experience that so to facilitate and we did something last week uh, where an ex-bandmate of mine, very well-known guitar player uh, here in Bangalore, um, joined me at a drum circle and um, he was like blown away by what happened. And they run a uh, they run a fairly big academy of music. Um, my ex bandmates, it's a band called Thermal and a Quarter, and the academy is called Tacademy, which comes from Tacademy actually. Um, but Tac is Thermal and a Quarter. It's a rock band that's been around for 25 years. I spent the first 10 years playing bass with them and touring. We did albums and all lots of stuff like that. But uh, bringing in a musician like that who's well known and uh, letting him experienced this in a circle he was playing guitar singing and the circle was actually like rocking and uh, uh, so that kind of experience and having more such experience centers um, uh, talking to people um, that i worked with in the past builders uh, real estate people who have um, properties that uh, we can uh, use borrow maybe just to do uh, weekly engagements that's something that will happen. Bring together musicians and let them experience this. It's not just a drum circuit. It's an immersive uh, sound experience, you can call it. And uh, I extend myself into the art zone because I like to paint as well. And I find that a lot of my kids like to paint too. So between uh, drawing and uh, banging on the drums and all that, we also learn how to notate the music notation. So it's just dots and dashes. And uh, that language has also evolved. So Megu can actually read. She can read the Western notation and say it in the Carnatic system. Now, she will not play it. Sometimes she will attempt to play it if I give her notation on the screen. But she can read. And all the students can read. I've got Brian who's in Kochi. I've met him maybe twice now in the last five years. But he knows the book backwards and forwards. And he can teach the book. Uh, he's, I think around 26, I think, I'm not sure I'm getting his age right, but he learned the book through the pandemic and uh, he plays piano now, he can read notation and play with two hands. I've got uh, Luke, who's in Australia, I've never met him ever, 
um, but um, he's nine years old. Um, he plays piano with both hands. He can read notation, um, but started with the drums. Uh, his elder brother now plays guitar and is taking sessions from me too, separate sessions, but uh, both of them. Um, and the younger brother now. He's, so Luke is in the center. He's on the spectrum. He's got a younger brother, John, who's uh, five or six. He's taken the humdrums and he's playing. So they've got a family band at home and the mother sings um, and that's the setup and they, they have uh, daily engagements with music um, and that's happening in uh, Brisbane and I've never been there but it's possible now and that I wouldn't have thought that was possible um, even I don't know um, 10 years back no maybe but it's working and uh, so there are so many ways to do it uh, what what I'm trying to do now with another friend who's a kind of a techie um, is to try and build the database that I have because uh, I have kept detailed records of um, all my sessions with the kids and based on that to try and build some kind of a repository of, of knowledge that can be shared uh, via some kind of an app um, which is which should be the version 2 of the first app that we built the humdrum thing where you can log in or Brian or Megu can interact with a version of me at least uh, because I know her in a certain way that even her parents don't know her but and she interacts with me differently from she would interact with her mother um, but that could be some kind of an Alexa thing even just audio based uh, music interaction in a room and you can say okay hey Rudy let's play or I can do something or we can set up a time like that so we're trying to build something like that which I don't know if it'll work but uh, um, it's an idea um, a positive spin on AI for me at least um, and try to see if that can work um, because I can only duplicate myself that way I mean and, and I say because I engage with the kids in a certain way and I know another musician may not engage the same way but I could maybe get them to understand how how I work so that's something I share I do workshops still like I try and meet as many parents and teachers and caregivers um, as uh, every time I visit a center and try to do these um, things of okay how do you disconnect because a lot of parents especially mothers are connected so wholly with the parent with the kid even eye contact is difficult to break so one of my challenges is to break eye contact between the mother and the child and the drums help that because it's a sound thing and I tell the mother do not look at him you play the drum okay let him play or not play let him walk around if he wants because the room is is already rocking and there's an absorptive power that I I don't have to worry about he will get the rhythm and he does and it's it's amazing they before long they'll be sitting and uh, leading the jam so that engagement itself so the only thing I say is make time for it uh, we don't need money we need time that's the thing can we make time to do this every day uh, because I asked them for 15 minutes and all of them say 15 minutes in 24 hours is easy to do but when it actually comes to doing it for 21 days it's tough but these kids have done it. I know 21 kids who have done it and have benefited from it and not lot more than 21 actually at Nandavanam all the teachers did it um, did the entire 21 day program and they all still using it so I go back I've been back a few times to review it um, and see how it's doing it is working so um, there is scope for it to be 
more available. So it's, yeah, it, it can work. I think there's definitely hope for it. No, that sounds amazing. And even the idea about this app as a way to sort of like reach more people, it sounds really interesting. And yeah, I would love to see that when it does come out and you go ahead with that. It would be pretty cool to see what that turns out to be. But coming to the initial point that you also made about, you know, these engagement centers and getting like musicians to come in and play as well. So one of the challenges that we face at Cambridge, for instance, is that finding facilitators is a bit of a challenge because, you know, they just want to jam and not necessarily like go into that teaching mode. So curious to get from your perspective, what would be a good way to get musicians to engage with our teaching? Yeah, I think uh, it's a little uh, sensitization uh, for a regular musician to come into a situation because for me, I uh, I think I understood autism uh, from uh, my interactions over a long period of time, uh, over 15 years and at least. But most musicians that I know uh, have zero interaction with, uh, with the spectrum child or even someone with Downs. Or maybe they have, but they don't know how to re- react or they get into teaching more than want to try to teach you something which doesn't work um, I mean I found that out early with Sid because he would not like <laughs> do what I wanted him to do uh, he would do his stuff and if I interact with him that was fine and then I could learn stuff and I realized that he was way ahead of me on the curve and so is Megu she's still way ahead because that thumb technique that she has I cannot do I, I have to practice a lot to get to that level of her playing um, so that kind of opening up to uh, can happen through these experiences and I, I when other musicians that I know because I've uh, some I, I I do keep in touch with some of the musicians that I've known and I still play a bit once in a while not as much as I used to but they all know what I do and uh, they come sometimes to interact and uh, they they're blown away usually by what by the experience so that's a good thing so we can actually sensitize musicians to say come with an open mind don't come here saying what am i going to teach today but come here saying what am i going to learn today because that's what has changed it for me not trying to teach but ready to learn something new and um, as a musician i think i said that before i've learned more in the last three years about piano about drums about guitar playing about just being immersed in in new kinds of being open to new kinds of music itself because there's so much out there and uh, if you look at uh, the more popular forms of music today, the drones and the techno festivals, it, that's all very repetitive uh, music. And it's very simple music, actually. You don't need huge com- composing skills to do that. And I know kids, uh, I know a drummer kid uh, on the syndro- syndrome who's, who can do that. He plays drums so well, he's, he keeps like, like really uh, metronome perfect speed and he's doing remixes um, but he's not yet ready to go out and meet uh, an audience but I know if he's set up right he can do it and he came to the jam last week I got him and he just took over the, the entire drum circle by the end of it he was rocking even Bruce my guitar player couldn't keep up with him <laughs> and that kind of empowerment he's like uh, just before this session I had a session with him and he was like really rocking it his session is at 6.30, by 5.30 he's, he's calling me. He said, I'm already ready, I'm practicing. When are you coming on? 
So I have to tell him, no, wait, your time is 6.30, but you keep playing. So he's playing for two hours and then I come in for half an hour and he's continuing to play. So, and that's repetitive humdrum music. His parents get bored of it because they can't handle that much of drumming in the house, but he needs a place to play. So we're trying to make videos where I'm trying to set up a thing where he makes instruction videos because he can play properly on his own. He can teach you how to play. He teaches me how to play drums. And uh, so get him his own channel and he can teach and he does covers, he plays uh, Hindi songs, Rock On, he plays uh, Believer, all those popular songs. He plays the drums correctly with the song, just puts it on YouTube and he plays. But there's nobody to listen to him other than me. His parents, of course, have, have this like for like four or five hours a day, so they can't really come in and sit and applaud that for him. But he needs an audience. So we need places like this and I'd say bring in musicians and tell them or at least like give them some idea of what to expect and how you can take it forward. Because just this interaction with me on a daily basis, so many people have four or five hours a day that they can just, they're just not doing anything. And I know a lot of musicians who don't have day jobs. I know um, like even performers that uh, are street performers here, very good musicians but they get employed only during weddings and uh, funerals but the rest of the day they're probably getting drunk on the street so if they are engaging with music at a center they can keep the rhythm going for hours and that's what we need we need 24 hour kind of centers because our kids can trigger at 3 in the morning so why not come out at that time and there'll be somebody there to play with you so keep the beat going somewhere where you can go that's my vision of it uh, I don't know if it will happen, the logistic thing of it and then of course caregivers and all of that but if if there's a positive spin to it and somebody can support it in, with a space and is interested in that kind of idea, I think it can work in every city. You could have a center of where the rhythm, where the music never stops, where the beat never stops. Uh, it's, it's I think a way forward to get uh, uh, musicians engaged to open to new music. I came from different background, but my openness to understanding and my need to understand new kinds of music still drives me. I'm understanding drones and mixes and remixes and all that now because I'm still connected with the software, but I see that as a music that even the children can work with. Just playing buttons, I get them to play beats on the little keyboards. So then they understand, okay, time can be in a, in a machine as well. So even those little Casio toy ones, there's rhythm in it. And so I get the kids to play along with them. Sometimes they can be irritating, but uh, some of them like them. They discover new things with technology. And things like GarageBand on an iPad is very useful if they know how to use that. And a lot of musicians today know technology. So they can share that kind of information. And, and these jams can become even more interesting. So. There's a lot of scope for it. Absolutely. Now, that was really interesting. And all those like exciting ideas and that about a 24-hour center, I mean, that could be a great way to facilitate it. But I think the most important point that you also mentioned was just about, you know, having that learning mindset. I think a lot of us kind of, once we get really good at something, the idea is just to pass the knowledge that we have, but to not receive as much. And I think that importance of, you know, it being a two-way straight, that's really interesting to kind of consider as well as you are a facilitator too. I mean, this brings us to the end of the episode, but before we wind up, I wanted to ask if you had any last thoughts that you'd love to share with us. 
Um, yeah, so I think the approach itself for me, uh, like I told KK, I, I don't go to work, I come to play. And that's the approach. And, the, and you have to be open to learning. Uh, don't go with the uh, idea of what am I going to teach today, but what am I going to learn today? And uh, that itself has uh, kept me going. And the healing power of music, whether um, it's the child playing it uh, themselves uh, on a piano or whatever, just 10, 15 minutes of immersive rhythm is a healing experience. I don't know anything about um, therapy and stuff like that, how music therapy works, but I, my little experience with, uh, with the idea of it um, is, I, I know that it goes a long, long way uh, in healing because it works for me. Every time I sit with Megu, I'm recharged. I'm just playing five notes, which I never thought I would restrict myself to. And uh, that's minimalism as well. That's a form of music that anybody can play. You can sit in front of a keyboard if you didn't know any of you and just play two notes and continue it and see what happens. See, can you continue it? Can you play it for, for 12 minutes? It's not easy, but it is music because the definition of music for me is that um, sound ordered in time. Okay, so time is essence and sound is of essence. And when you put them together, you get music of some form. Maybe there's a beat, maybe there's no beat, maybe there's a low vibration or something like that. But that's it. Can you sustain it? And that's, that's what today's music is, is going towards. I see the electronic music in that uh, way. A lot of repetitive beats, drones and all of that. And it's very interesting. And um, what Megu is doing is that. She's teaching me how to get into minimalism by just using two notes, the C and G. And repeat it and then change it. And so be open to it. That's what I see. It was a really, really interesting episode and listening to all of these ideas about music and the specific aspects of time, sound, just, you know, following the rhythm. I mean, these are things that I didn't really think about. So really appreciate you sharing all of these thoughts. And yeah, we loved having you on this episode today. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already, Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode filled with inspiration, support, and hope. On our next episode, we will be joined by Sharbani Malik and will cover topics related to training programs to facilitate meaningful engagement. Until next time, take care, stay positive, and keep thriving.